once your website uh, uh, is represented by a knowledge graph, in that way uh, you can make sure that uh, also the search engines can understand that each page uh, is talking about uh, a concept and is and how is related to the other concepts uh, to the other web pages of your website. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com AWT and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, George Hasiotis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Beatrice Gamba. Beatrice is a digital project management and SEO strategist at Wortliff. She joined Wortliff's team in Rome in 2016 after a three-year experience in Berlin, where she worked for a big e-commerce company. Beatrice has over six years of experience in digital companies. Her job is to make people and businesses stand out with detail-oriented management and the most effective AI-driven strategies. In her spare time, she collects and spins old 70s records and rides her bike. Beatrice, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So before we get started with the, the very interesting things that I'd like to discuss with you today, uh, could you please share a couple of things uh, about you and uh, your journey and you know, uh, what has brought you to, to, to where you are today? Uh, yeah, it's been... Uh um, I didn't actually uh, look for it as uh, I graduated uh, in, uh, in economics. Um, so uh, during this, uh, this degree path, um, I never actually crossed uh, anything about uh, um, computers or anything related to that. Um, the thing is that I had this... Uh, um uh these lessons uh with this uh, with this professor that teach the uh, um cultural economics and in some way in some way it led to uh the, the long tail theory which was uh, very cool back then um and the the book uh, at the been out uh, in the USA for a while but in Italy for not 
that much time. So I really liked it and uh, I focused on that. So I decided to write my thesis on the long tail theory and how it applied to websites. So we, I analyzed the Amazon.com uh, uh, UX uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, and then uh, I left for Berlin where I found a job at uh, Zalando. Uh, and uh, um, I worked there for a uh, um, couple of years. Uh, and then when I came back to Rome, uh, I started working at WordLift. And it's been uh, six years now that I'm here. Okay. Uh, by the way, I've never heard of this book, uh, The Long Tail Theory, but I guess that after we finish with this episode, I will you know, just search uh, for it on Amazon. Um, now, today you, you are at WordLeaf for some years now, actually. Uh, could you please let us uh, know what WordLeaf, um, the product, is and who gets the most value of the product? Uh, yes, basically um, what, we, what we do here is uh, uh, well, sell. I, I don't like this, uh, this verb, but uh, <laughs> this is actually what we do. Uh, we sell this uh, uh, innovative SEO tool um, that basically adds uh, data, uh, metadata uh, to the pages of your of websites. Uh, so in other words, it sort of uh, translates uh, your web pages into the same language that is uh, spoken by uh, Google or any other search engine. Uh, so basically, uh, it looks like uh, some sort of semantic text editor, but then it uh, actually suggests uh, content and uh, entities that are relevant to uh, your audience. Uh, so this is uh, all done with uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, so that this is how um, WordLift can suggest uh, content uh, to to content editors and uh, content creators. Okay, okay, that sounds very interesting. And uh, I would like us to start, you know, uncovering all these things that are connected, obviously, to WordLift's capabilities um, and also to your um, expertise. And I guess that I would like to, to start with a very basic question. What, for people who, who may not know, what is a, a knowledge graph? Yeah, so basically a knowledge graph is a, a con uh, concrete, uh, I mean, graph suggests that it's something that you can see. Uh, so we would say that represents like a, a network um, that is composed by real-world entities uh, such as uh, objects, events, concepts. Uh, and then it, in this representation, it also uh, illustrates the relationships between these, uh, these entities. So it's, uh, it's sort of a dynamic infrastructure uh, in our case, uh, behind the behind content, behind website contents, that uh, allows it to be also eligible for search engine, and then of course voice assistance um, for uh, search engines. Um, so basically, um, 
once you your website uh, uh, is represented by a knowledge graph in that way uh, you can make sure that uh, also the search engines can understand that each page uh, is talking about uh, a concept and is relate and how is related to the other concepts uh, to the other web pages of your website so it's sort of uh, a semantic backbone of your website you can say okay um follow-up question here would be i guess as as i understand it that a knowledge graph is something dynamic yes and not static meaning that like the entities, uh, the interpretations, and you know how we perceive those entities in the in the context of a knowledge graph can change over time. For example, you may think of you know Twitter six months ago, and you think of you know Twitter as a as a social media platform, uh, a place where people share ideas, uh, express opinions, and so on and so forth. But if you think about Twitter today. You, you cannot stop, you know, or you cannot prevent about thinking of Elon Musk as well. So this, this change, I assume that is something that will be applied in, for example, Google's knowledge graph, yes? Yeah, uh, in fact, it can also be uh, looked at uh, in defining it sort of a dynamic knowledge base. Um, we also, um, and also it has many applications. Uh, for example, for one of our uh, Fortune 500 clients, uh, we uh, started developing a knowledge graph-based chatbot, um, which is a chatbot that like exploits all the uh, properties of the of the knowledge graph. The, the main one in this case being that uh, uh, the knowledge graph as a knowledge base is dynamic. So, um, and actually it, um, it represents the content of your website so that you don't have to nourish and train uh, a natural language uh, um, uh, NLP-based uh, uh, um, knowledge base that has to be trained uh, every now and then, taking a lot of time. Uh, whereas the knowledge graph is totally uh, dynamic and you can actually edit uh, and then all the edit that you do are then uh, represented also in the in the front end so um, in this case uh, for this uh, application that uh, a knowledge graph based chatbot can be uh, the main you know um, the main driver is the fact that it's uh, dynamic and uh, totally editable and it doesn't need to be to be trained only well of course in the beginning when you actually start doing uh, creating a knowledge graph then of course uh, the, the work that has to be behind all that is that you have to um, think of a content strategy because Knowledge graphs have a lot to do with uh, with the structure of your content, uh, but this is another theme. Sorry, I am yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to step uh, to to take a step back, and all this is obviously very very interesting. So my understanding is that Google has its own knowledge graph for some years now, and um, I assume that it's it's evolving and it becomes better and understand understanding you know all these interconnected objects and making the associations and so on and so forth. 
but can websites, one website, um, have its own knowledge graph as well? And if yes, what's the beginning of that process? Is it just crawling the content or, you know, feeding a crawler with additional content that is important to us, for example, uh, support articles that we may have and so on and so forth. So how, how would we go about creating our own knowledge graph for example, for example, for the website of a SaaS company? Uh, yeah, so this is basically uh, exactly what we do uh, here at WordLift. Uh, we create uh, knowledge graphs. Uh, you can actually do that uh, with, uh, with WordLift plugin. Um, then the work, as I was saying before, that is behind the creation of a knowledge graph is that you uh, must have uh, all your basics uh, straight. That means that uh, you must know what your objectives are. You must know very well your, your audience. That is uh, very important in order to create uh, meaningful content that is relevant for your audience. Um, because this is going to drive, you know, traffic to your, um, to your website. And as well, uh, you must know uh, very well the, uh, your competitors. So you must know, um, for example, you can start by running a keyword analysis for search intents that are important for you. And then you must uh, see um, like the top five of this uh, of, for each query uh, and who has the, the better content about that. And so you, this is how you can start uh, also the creation of a knowledge graph because then you sort of extract uh, the entities, the most important entities for your content uh, from these uh, search intents. Um, we have also developed a, a Google add-on that does just that uh, with an integration with uh, uh, Google Sheets. Okay, okay, we will definitely talk about that. My, my you know, what, what I find difficult to, to understand when it comes to knowledge graphs is, okay, I can understand like the, the, the first step would be to try to identify or def define, let's say, entities, okay? That's great. Let's let's say that we we get this out of the way, but how do you go about creating, making the associations between these entities? Like this is connect, this entity is connected to that entity, and this is the connection between them. And you know, how do you go about that? Like, is it a manual process or is it something entirely different? Uh, so basically, with WordLift, that is quite uh, quite easy to do because uh, it runs on a, on the back end of your website, <clears throat> regardless of the CMS you might use. Uh, and so um, we know that an entity has an entity type, so it can be an FAQ, it can be an article, it can be a thing or a person or an event. Uh, each of these entity types has its, uh, um, let's imagine them as fields uh, to be filled in, in order for the information to be complete. So uh, let's take, uh, I don't know, an example. Um, 
you have a, a person. So then you have the entity of a person. So then you start uh, writing your description of this person. And then the entity type person has some requirements, which can be, you know, the birth date, uh, where the, this person was born, uh, if he has a, a degree, if he has uh, some other connections to other people uh, or other things in the in the knowledge graph if he's the founder of some company and then once you start filling in all this information then uh, you will have a, a sort of knowledge graph you will have a cluster behind this person because then the knowledge graph uh, will have a, a Elon Musk person entity person and then is founder of uh, is not found is founder of Tesla and then you um, include Tesla in your information, and then you have the entity Tesla that you can fill in uh, with other uh, details so that you have uh, a bigger cluster. So this is how we, we work on that. And this is something that all these things are, that you just described, can you do them inside Wordleaf? Like you, yeah. you can do them. And uh, my question would be like, okay, you can do them, but is it, would you say that it's something that only technical people can, can grasp and do or someone who has some guidance maybe from your support can, can do as well? Uh, actually, it's, it's pretty easy to do that with WordLift. Before uh, I define the process, uh, I use the word, the, the verb uh, filling in, because this is actually what you do with WordLift. You actually, uh, you select the entity type and then the, um, uh, the page uh, adapts. Uh, and starts showing up the, the fields that you have to fill in with all the requirements for that specific entity type. So then once you uh, start maybe uh, um, uh, typing Tesla in the founder section, and then WordLift will create automatically the uh, entity Tesla, uh, and then you can start working on that entity as well. And so it sort of adds up while you do that, uh, er, um, things will come to your mind and uh, then the, uh, the AI will suggest uh, other connections. Uh, so that is pretty, pretty easy. It just requires some, you know, uh, content uh, uh, structure, some basics of the, the strategy that you have in mind. But would you say, and um, strategy is you know, what, what I wanted to, to ask uh, right after that, but would you say that there, like let's say that we have a, a very big company, SaaS company, let's say that you know, we have Salesforce and we want to build a knowledge graph for, for Salesforce. Would you say that it's something that, it, it's a task that you, you will have to have a person who is dedicated on just maintaining the knowledge graph and making sure that the information is accurate and up to date and so on, or, you know, it's something that goes on autopilot, just you set it up and then it just, you know, um, develop, like it can develop by itself. Uh, no, it requires some maintenance. I mean, uh, but just as your website does, uh, I think that good content is uh, updated content. And so uh, the knowledge graph, it sort of follows this, uh, um, this sort of uh, role, let's say. 
Um, so it definitely, you might need maybe not a, a dedicated person. Usually uh, we work with uh, other, uh, other company SEOs or uh, uh, content managers. So um, usually they are our spokespersons. Uh, of our clients and they uh, we usually take care of updating the knowledge graph but then it depends on which uh, um, on the grade of integration that you wish to have with us you know okay, but, uh, okay. it's also pretty easy I mean if you have a blog uh, it's also pretty easy to just do that by yourself I mean once you update uh, a web page then it's easy to update the other fields that are um, behind the page Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, I guess then my my next question would be, on a very practical level, I can understand the value of it, you know, from from an SEO standpoint. But you mentioned something previously, and I want to uh, to to discuss it a bit. You mentioned that you you managed to create a knowledge graph that, and then like. You have a, a, a chatbot on top of that that pulls answers right from the knowledge graph and serves these answers uh, to, I don't know, is it support or is it you know, for, for prospects on the website? Uh, no, it's a, a chatbot for an informational website. So it's, uh, it was built to answer questions uh, about some topics uh, rather than support. Okay, that's very interesting. Could we please elaborate a bit on, on that like project? Because even though I think that chatbots are not, um, uh, you know, at, at some point, I guess, a few years ago, they used to be, everyone was talking about chatbots. Uh, nowadays, not so much, but knowledge graph and chatbots in the same sentence, you know, things, <laughs> things get interesting. And so I would like to, to dive a bit deeper into that. And try to understand, like how, like what was the thought process behind it? How did you map certain entities to, I don't know, certain questions and outcomes of these questions? Uh, I would like to to know a bit more if you could share uh, a few things more about the the, the chatbot that you built. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So basically, uh, we did it, as I said, for one of our biggest clients. Uh, and we had uh, been working uh, with them for uh, one year. So we, uh, in terms of uh, the creation of the knowledge graph for them. Uh, so we just came up with uh, a way to, uh, to serve. They wanted a, a chatbot. So we said, uh, well, let's uh, reuse what we have uh, and um, apply it as a knowledge base for, for the chatbot that they want. Uh, I mean, in the end, uh, chatbot answers questions, basically. So what better way to, to answer questions uh, through a knowledge base that is already interconnected? So he might as well suggest the user the questions uh, so a knowledge graph serves this uh, this very well, uh, but basically uh, this was also a way. Uh, not speaking about you know the the technicalities of that, but uh, actually how the knowledge graph serves the the chatbot and therefore the user. Uh, 
uh, it works just like uh, an SEO strategy because then you also, when creating a chatbot, you must have your personas, your uh, ideal audience, your ideal questions. Uh, and so also in this case, you need a, a strategy behind that that very much, you know, uh, overlaps with the one on your, of your website. Um, so this is also how, why uh, a knowledge graph that it contains already the uh, your your website information in it uh, is perfect use application for for a chatbot. Okay, okay, that makes sense, and and I think that it's one of the most interesting applications I've, uh, if not you know the most interesting application I've ever heard of uh, a knowledge graph. Uh, yeah, like, because it's also uh, very useful for, you know, it spares time uh, when you have to train a model for a chatbot uh, with NLP, it takes a lot of time. Uh, whereas, the, as I said before, the knowledge graph is uh, dynamic and uh, easily editable. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense and it's very, very interesting. Now, one of the buzzwords of uh, the, the SEO industry nowadays is um, semantic SEO. Uh, another one is topical authority, I guess. Uh, and now there will be multi-search and, you know, who knows what else. But um, let's stick with uh, semantic SEO uh, and, and, you know, discuss it a minute for, for a minute. What, in your opinion, are the elements of a semantic SEO strategy? Uh, so basically, uh, you have to, um, I mean, the, the easiest answer will be you have to uh, forget about keywords and start thinking in terms of entities, but that is also quite, you know, um, generic answer. <clears throat> so um, also in this case, you actually have to think of the user first because websites are for users, so uh, we also have to translate search intents into, into entities. Uh, and of course, this is also where the, the topical authority comes uh, into, into the game, because you, we want to, uh, you know, expand uh, the search intents, in, expand the queries, and then scrape uh, the entities behind those uh, those queries. This is how we start uh, usually our semantic SEO strategy. Uh, then, as I said before, it very much applies also to how a knowledge graph is created, because usually you start with uh, the main uh, uh, topics, uh, the main topics that drive your business goals. And then from there, you start creating more and more related entities. And so you actually are doing some keyword clustering. You are clustering your intents to make sure you cover all your most important topics. So everything, it's like, uh, just like a knowledge graph, it's interconnected. Then also the uh, an SEO strategy, it is interconnected. SEO nowadays becomes, you know, increasingly um, more complex. Like uh, in the past, it used to be just optimize some title tags, uh, add some keywords inside the content, uh, just make sure that your um, meta description is enticing and so on and so forth. And, you know, these and a couple of other things, link building obviously, and that was it. But nowadays, I, I, I have the feeling that things become more and more uh, complex 
And I also think that like companies that are specialized in like very specific aspects and areas of, of SEO uh, can, can win in the, in the long term. Now, connected to that, as a semantic SEO, I would like to um, discuss uh, semantic writing uh, a bit. Um, and I would like um, to hear your thoughts on semantic writing uh, and how companies, SaaS companies, um, can make sure that their content is optimized for you know, uh, semantic SEO. Yeah, this sort of uh, you know follows the the um, uh, the previous uh, uh, question because the goal of uh, semantic writing is uh, you know to to answer questions that your ideal audience uh, have about uh, about your main topics. Uh, so you know when when doing uh, when semantic writing, you have to uh, take into consideration the the, the tone of voice, uh, just like uh, traditional content digital content writing, and then. Uh, but you have some sort of you know advantages uh, once you have a knowledge graph because you already have a, a, your own vocabulary. Because then, uh, ideally, when you have a knowledge graph, you have all these entities inside the knowledge graph and all that are interconnected. And then you start actually building your own vocabulary. Um, and then with that vocabulary, you want to uh, write also content that adapts to it, you know. Uh, so this is something that, for example, WordLift does very well because once you start uh, writing your content in either blog posts or pages, uh, then you have a, a sidebar that with content suggestions that are actually entities, uh, and it gives you like uh, hints of uh, what you might want to, to talk about that is also relevant to the content that you're actually writing. So this is how also AI can help you writing better content and more relevant content for your for your user. Um, so this is, uh, I think, that what differs from uh, uh, traditional content writing is uh, that you have a context uh, that I mean is the is the advantage that you. That you have is instead actually uh, knowledge graph and uh, semantic uh, writing has a uh, has this context that it's behind um, the piece of content that you want to write and that is aided by um, AI. Is this context defined or influenced by competitors? Like, what are the competing uh, pages and con pieces or whatever on the search results or is it something like completely different because i know i know that many tools that help with content optimization and semantic writing for that matter they take into account what the competitors are doing and what phrases and terms the competitors are using in order to give you recommendations how how does that work uh, technology wise uh, yeah, it, it usually uh, 
talks about your competitors because uh, everything that we know is based on previous experience. So let's say that here competitors, when you are writing new content, you are the, the new content. So uh, what is suggested is uh, usually based on uh, what already exists. Uh, so I would look at that in this way. And then, of course, uh, you can still drive your, your audience. Uh, you can still uh, simulate your, your audience by creating new content that contains uh, the, the topics that you, uh, that you want to, to write about. I mean, uh, there's no point, I think, to create, uh, you know, any duplicated content. You can still write your own content uh, just by, you know, maybe writing and using uh, the entities that are related to what you want to talk about, but you must not only answer the, the same uh, uh, questions that your, your competitors are doing. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And it, it, it's also, you know, it's, it's not only about closing the, the information gap and making sure that, you know, you, you have included everything inside the page information-wise compared to every other page that's out there. But also, I've seen that adding something more on top of that can definitely have a positive impact, something that other pages don't have. Answering questions that are not yet in people's minds, but you know that these are the next questions that they will have in their minds after coming to, to that page. Now, we are running out of time and I have one last question for you uh, before we start wrapping things up, which is almost six months ago, uh, you published an article on Wordleaf's blog on an experiment you ran on keyword clustering using embeddings. Can you please explain what keyword clustering is for people who, who don't know? And uh, I would like us to focus a bit on embeddings. Where do embedding, embeddings uh, come into play when it comes to keyword clustering? All right, so um, yeah, uh, we experimented with, uh, with embeddings and uh, keyword clustering. So uh, the and, uh, queries clustering, entities clustering is uh, important, let's say uh, strategic in this day, case, uh, to determine what uh, intent uh, we can target with a given web page. Uh, so also what intents uh, should be part of a content hub. Let's say a content hub can be uh, the, the concrete uh, interpretation of uh, a keyword cluster. Um, and then uh, keyword uh, clustering also uh, drives uh, the decisions of how informational and transactional and transactional intents can be split between you know blog uh, pages, categories, product pages. Uh, we can actually um, by using embeddings um, add the a relevant context uh, behind uh, this uh, this content. I don't know if you're. Um, it's a little bit difficult to um, to explain. So, what uh, an embedding is basically a, a, a relation that contains information about another relation. 
So information about the nearest intent behind it. So it's also uh, what a knowledge graph uh, um, is basically. Would you say? Would you say that it's sorry but would you say that it's like uh, adding a label on a, on an entity that or several labels that this entity has this label and th that label and this one and so on and so forth? Is it you know, is it what it is? Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, that is what it is. And also uh, by giving labels uh, might sound, you know, uh, sort of uh, fake, but we can describe it as a, a synthetic query, you know, a query that wasn't there before, uh, but now it is, uh, and it has that name. And this sort of connects to what we were saying before, you know, about uh, uh, about new, uh, about having in mind and predicting uh, what your uh, user might want to know next. Um, so when you have, uh, you know, um, uh, you must think of uh, of uh, keyword clustering as um, as a graph, a big graph. Uh, with entities that are uh, uh, interconnected and uh, you must think of that connection as an uh, sort of embedding because that is a relation that contains uh, information about another relation so that is very uh, once it comes uh, you know into play it's very important for uh, um, for a semantic SEO strategy, because then you you know uh, what's behind that information that is uh, uh, talking about that topic that you originally had in mind, then it really uh, expands. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, a few weeks ago, you released a an SEO add-on for Google Seeds. Uh, can you please explain what the add-on uh, does and how people can use it? Uh, yeah, so the the, the add-on uh, so basically works with uh, with Google Sheets, uh, and basically it lets you uh, create a knowledge graph uh, with just uh, this integration. So basically, for uh, you have to select uh, a few queries uh, for which of uh, um, uh, for which one you can analyze the first five results and see the de the details about these keywords and of course their rankings and the metrics. So after this uh, SERP analysis, you can see uh, the entities that WordLeaf extracted and guessed that uh, you might want to have inside your knowledge graph. So, and then of course it, it, it also contains the DCMS, which are the links to Wikidata and Dbpedia that are uh, most important when creating a um, when creating an entity so then uh, the the row uh, the entity the entity row contains all this information and then you can actually select the entities that you want and uh, send them over to your to your knowledge graph um, regardless uh, of your cms so um uh, whichever CMS you have, you can add this uh, WordLift integration, uh, and your 
and you can start creating your own uh, knowledge graph just by running, starting from a keyword analysis, just like we were saying at the beginning of our, of our talk. Okay, we will use the, the add-on and we will let you know our feedback after we, after we use it. Uh, last question that I have for you um, would be, where can people find out more about uh, Wordleaf and uh, you and come in touch if they like to? Yeah, so basically we have uh, our uh, own uh, website, which is uh, wordlift.io. Uh, and then uh, from there uh, you can uh, start uh, chatting with us uh, then book a demo uh, or just uh, sending over your inquiries about uh, about Wordlift we will uh, be happy to answer uh, all your questions and also you can uh, reach out to me at uh, Beatrice at uh, wordlift.io for any further uh, questions about uh, what we talked about today. That's great. Uh, Beatrice, thank you very much. This was all very insightful and I'm sure that the audience will find it very insightful as well. Thank you very much and uh, who knows, uh, looking forward to the next one uh, where we will discuss even more you know, interesting things about semantic SEO, knowledge graphs and who knows what else at this, at this point. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.